My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's the afternoon of Thursday, the 20th of October 2016, and again, I let you down, didn't I, yesterday? There was no podcast yesterday. Apologies for that. I got rather sidetracked um, doing other stuff. But um, hey, I'm here now. And unusually, it's the afternoon because this morning I was sidetracked again. It was a beautiful morning uh, here in the UK. And I was out walking with my little dog, my little Jack Russell Terrier, Jack, the supremely unimaginatively named Jack Russell Terrier, Jack. And uh, it was such a glorious morning. And it's that time of year. I, I much prefer spring. It's no, it's no secret that spring is my absolute favourite time of year. But it was one of those glorious autumn days when the leaves are just starting to change colour and the sun just glints against them. Uh, it illuminates them beautifully. But anyway, you're not listening to this to to hear me wax lyrical about autumn or fall, as you might call it, where you are. You all know about that stuff anyway. What I do want to talk to you about, though, is um, failure. Failure. And um, <laughs> that may sound miserable, mind it, but I, I'm going to urge you to fail and fail quickly and fail often. Because that's the only way that living your life on purpose is ever going to work for you. That's the only way that breaking free from the corporate environment is going to work for you. Because I can tell you, it's not going to work straight out of the traps. It's not. Okay, let's be honest. There may be a minute chance of you breaking free and everything you touch turns to gold from there on in. Um, Don't bank on it, though. You've probably as much chance as winning the lottery. Seriously. Things are going to fail. But the good news is that failure teaches you way more than success ever will. Now, I've talked in the past about my love and respect for stand-up comedians. I have to confess, I'm a, although I'm quite aging, I'm a bit of a fanboy when it comes to, to comedians. And I think right now, here in the UK, I can't speak globally, although we get quite a few visiting from outside. Here in the UK, I think over the last 10 years or so, we've had... or probably slightly longer than that, we've had an amazing crop of stand-up comedians. And one of my, shall we say, guilty pleasures when I'm walking, Jack, is to listen to comedy podcasts. But not comedy podcasts, as you might think. They're not comedy shows. They're podcasts about comedy. They're podcasts where comedians are interviewed about their craft. Uh, Some more serious than others. Some are, are... designed just to be very funny. There's one in particular that's designed to be a podcast for comedians. And so I feel as though I'm rather eavesdropping in on this magical world that um, is otherwise close to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm used to being this side of the fence and the comedians are that side of the fence and entertaining me. Here I'm listening to them discuss their craft and their thought processes and sometimes their innermost thought processes and sometimes it can take them into fairly fairly dark places. But there was one that I was listening to yesterday. Oh, and I should tell you, the reason I listen to comedians, and the reason I hold them in such high regard is, A, I find comedy hugely entertaining. When I was a kid growing up, comedy programmes weren't on that often. And typically speaking, there'd be sort of one or two sitcoms a week. And it wasn't really this... Yeah, I've always enjoyed sitcoms, but it was actual comedians, stand-up comedians who were doing their own material, not just the 
I don't know, the tuxedo and frilly shirted mob that you used to get in the 60s and 70s and that sort of stuff, spouting off pat, doing the same jokes over and over again. and sharing. But comedians who actually work on their own material, work out their own shows and probably put out a, a new show of an hour, an hour and a half each year. So that's the sort of thing I'm looking at. But I have an enormous respect for them because I think they represent... And they may disagree with me, but this is my interpretation. It's my podcast, so my interpretation is what counts. My interpretation is that there is no real purer form of entrepreneurialism than being a stand-up comedian. Because you are coming up with your own ideas and you're turning those ideas and those thoughts into a product. You're turning those ideas and thoughts into a show. And it's a show which gives you, it's a product which gives you immediate feedback. You're putting yourself out there in front of an audience. And that audience is either going to love you or maybe not hate you, but maybe show their indifference to you. And that's a fairly courageous thing to do. Now, I'm not saying it's courageous in in terms of uh, the brave young men and women who, who've done a uniform and go and defend our country. That's not that sort of thing. But let me tell you, I believe it is a courageous thing to do to go out and stand on a stage armed only with a microphone and the stuff you've thought up. And you know you've got to entertain that crowd for an hour, an hour and a half, and it can go one way or the other. It can be the best night of your life or it can be the worst night of your life. And you do it night after night after night. And so I see comedians as being the most pure form of entrepreneurs. Why do I bring all this up? I want to urge you to listen to that Comedians Comedian podcast. And in particular, I want to urge you to listen to one that I was listening to. Um, was it? I think it was yesterday, on, on my walk yesterday with Jack. And it's a young fella, I call him a young fella, he's in his 30s now, um, it's a young fella called John Robbins. Now, John Robbins has been seen a little bit more over the last year on TV here in the UK on panel shows. and that. So the Panel shows, incidentally, is something that we get an awful lot of here in the UK. I don't think that's true elsewhere in the world. Maybe I'm wrong, but panel shows... They're often a good format for for comedians, particularly new comedians who are breaking through. And John Robbins is one of these who's been breaking through. And so people tend to think of John, because he's a a youngish guy and fairly young looking, I think he's in, in his early 30s. They seem to think, because he's been seen over the past year or so on an increasing amount of shows, that maybe he's having something of an overnight success. But John Robbins has been working on this craft for 10 years. He's been working the small clubs, the pubs and clubs, and walking off to the stage to the sound of his own footsteps in the early days, doing all the stuff that he should do, doing the right gigs, booking in at the right theatres, doing the Edinburgh Festival, which is something that all budding comedians would will do, doing all the right stuff, getting the right critics to visit, and it wasn't working for him. It wasn't working for him. He did that for four or five years and nothing was going right. But get that. He was doing it for four or five years. Not a week or two weeks or a month or three months. Four or five years. 
while things were not going the way he wanted. But then, and, and I will tell you, go over to Comedians Comedian Podcast. As soon as you've left a review for this podcast, uh, and and give me five stars as well while you're there, over at iTunes, as soon as you've done that, and you remember why I asked you to do that, don't you? It's because... You and I want this podcast to rise in the rankings, don't we? And that will help it do that, because that way more people will be able to find this podcast and more people will be helped by it and hopefully entertained by it as well. So as soon as you've done that, I want you to head over to The Comedian's Comedian. Just Google The Comedian's Comedian. It's actually, I think, comedianscomedian.com, all one word, and look for, hang on a minute, I'll, I'll just get it up here. How professional is this? <laughs> um, let me just see if I can get it up here for you. But I'm pretty well certain it's comedianscomedian.com. And the particular episode, as I say, that you're wanting to find is uh, episode number 181, John Robbins. And I want you to listen to that. Now, I will warn you, that there is some language in there that is pretty strong. Not much, but it's in there. So it's definitely not safe for work. It's not safe to play if the vicars come round for tea. Um, as I think the uh, prosecution barrister once said when during the trial of Lady Chatterley's lover, and it was an obscenity trial back in the 60s. See, I'm old enough to remember this sort of stuff. Um, he was rather ridiculed and the, the case was thrown out. Um, sorry, I'm going off a tangent here, but it always makes me smile. The prosecution lawyer said to the jury, in summing up, you have to ask yourself, is this the sort of book you would want your wives or servants to read? And of course, the case was laughed out of court. But but that always makes me smile. Is this, is this the sort of book you'd like your, like your wife or servants to read? Anyway, so there is language in there. So I will warn you of that. There's strong language in there and language that I wouldn't use on this podcast. But hey, it's two comedians talking and uh, and it's not in the Donald Trump sphere. So have a listen to that. There, there's some, and I'll give you some notes before you do, because there's some references in there that may be UK specific. So I'll, I'll tell you about that. But what I'd suggest going, doing is go over and have a listen to that after this. Or no, I tell you what, schedule an. I think it's about an hour and a half or an hour and fifteen minutes long. Schedule that time because I'd really would like you to listen to it and listen to what this guy has to say about how he transformed from that point where he hadn't been going right for four or five years, but still, Mark you, still he kept doing it. And what he found with the realisation was that he'd been blaming others. He'd been blaming the critics for coming in on the wrong night. He'd been blaming the audiences for just not keeping up with him. He'd been blaming the theatre for not promoting it properly. He'd been blaming everything else. And he had this realisation that if you go through life blaming everybody else for what's not going right with you, you'll never learn. Because if you do that, it's not your responsibility, is it? If you're saying it's everybody else's fault, it's then not your responsibility to sort it out. And you will always be able to sit there and say, well, it wasn't my fault wasn't my fault I can't afford to eat this week. wasn't my fault I can't afford to pay the rent. wasn't my fault. You've got to pay the rent. You've got to eat. You've got to do all that. So doesn't blaming other people doesn't pay the bills. 
So you've got to sort it. I've got my problems. I have to sort it. There's no point in me blaming other people. I could cast around and <laughs> find loads of reasons that things haven't worked out for me in the past. But all of them, all of them, I could also equally say, are as a result of my decisions. When I've been ripped off, it was my decision to hand over the money. When things haven't worked out, it's because it's my decision. But here's a young man who learnt that. And he decided that, hang on a minute, I've spent this four or five years blaming everybody else for this mess that I'm in. How about, you know, and he doesn't use these terms, but when we look at these things, if we were a detective, we'd say, hang on a minute, all these crimes, there's one common factor. I was at the scene of every single one of them. So does that tell me anything? Another thing he also says is do work when you know that if you break even, you know if you break even, that's a major result. Look, it's been said many times that if most often when people are in a job, they get paid enough just to ensure that they don't quit and they do enough just to ensure they don't get fired. So they know, they know that they're going to get paid at the end of the month or the end of the week or whatever. In fact, a friend of mine, Tony Rush, often says, the 16-year-old kid working at McDonald's who asks you if you want fries with that has more certainty of getting paid this week than most entrepreneurs. And it's absolutely true. So in the early days, particularly when you're learning your craft, when you're honing your skills, when you're creating your story, you have to accept that maybe, just maybe, I'm not going to get paid this month. Or maybe this this project I'm working on isn't going to work out. It's not going to bring any reward. But you'd be wrong. It will bring reward. It may not be financial reward directly, but it will bring the reward of learning what it took to work on that project, what it took to create that product, what it took by way of training yourself, by of disciplining yourself to keep at it. Look, it's been a bit of a garbled message. I, I'll be perfectly honest, I thought I was clear where I was going with this at the outset. Um, I've, I've been proved wrong and there's another <laughs> there's another way I've failed, isn't it? But it, like I used to say, if I haven't failed three times by lunchtime, I think I'm not trying hard enough. But the key message is when you decide to leave the corporate cocoon, shall we call it, that things will not be definite for you. There won't be any promises. There will be failures. There will be times when things are going really well. And you'll wonder, what have I done? How, how, how can this be? Because I'm doing nothing different from what I was doing a year ago, doing exactly the same stuff. But you will be doing something different. That's the key. You will be doing something different because you will have progressed. Now, that's another reason. I, I'm going to go back to the fact that I say at the start of these podcasts that I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. And that's a gag. Of course it's a gag. Not a very good one, and certainly not one that John Robbins or any of the other comedians would use, but it's a gag. It's just to say, look, here's the thing. One day, my aim is that you are able, should you wish it, should you wish it, to be able to walk into your boss's office and say, boss, it's been great working here. I've had a fantastic time here. But to be honest... It's no longer working for me. It's not meeting my needs. It's not. It's nothing financial. It's nothing to do with you, unless it is something to do with them, in which case, you know, 
I know, always leave on good terms, I would say. But you're in a position to say, look, I just can't afford to come here anymore because it's stopping me achieving my potential. It's stopping me living my life on purpose. It's stopping me gaining significance. But I want you to engineer that position. I don't need to walk in tomorrow and say, boss, I quit. That's not what this is about. It's about encouraging you to get the skills, encouraging you to get the knowledge, encouraging you to look within yourself, to decide what's the message that I've got burning deep inside me? What is the purpose that I have that I want to serve? How can I be of service to other people? How can I gain significance? And once you've got answers to those questions, you can then start working on it. Maybe an hour in the evenings, maybe at weekends, maybe a couple of hours. But gradually gaining more and more knowledge, gaining more and more skills, gaining more and more certainty until the point comes. And you can go to the boss and say, look, there's a shiny bright world out there and that's where I belong. And that's where I'm heading. So it's been nice knowing you. I'm off. Hope that helps. Look, if as a result of listening to this, you do become a successful stand-up comedian, I want tickets and I want plane tickets as well to get to see you in your gig. Okay? Look, if this has been helpful to you, please tell other people about it. And don't forget, go and, seriously, go and listen to comedianscomedian.com. Sorry, I've nearly forgot. I was going to give you some notes, wasn't I, about this comedianscomedian.com because there may be some things in there that uh, don't translate to a non-UK audience, particularly a US audience. Um, I think I've already mentioned the fact that we have loads of panel shows over here, one of which is mentioned in in this podcast, which is Mock the Week. Mock the Week is like a news quiz that they have. It's a comedy show, but they they take the rise out of all the news stories of that week. And they have, it's hosted by a comedian and the two panels of three comedians on each side, and they sort of compete to outdo each other. Now, the secret is that show is actually script-written as well. It's supposed to... I mean, they do a very good job, but there's a lot of script-writing goes on in that as well. So Mock the Week is mentioned in there, if you're wondering what that is. Um, Fags! Fags (laughs) mentioned in there. Now, Fags in the UK is not what you probably think it is or they're not what you think they are. Fags in the UK is another word for cigarette. So when he talks about smoking fags, <laughs> that's what he means. It just means smoking a cigarette, okay? Nothing nothing other than that. I don't, I don't think I need to say any more than that, do I? And certainly I wouldn't use a term like that anyway uh, if it meant here what it meant other elsewhere in the world. But there, there are other words like that, and I, I don't intend to give you a glossary of what's rude and what's not. Um, you can work that out yourself. And he mentions at some stage, and this is really uh, an esoteric reference, but he mentions at some stage collecting farthings. Now, you've probably heard of a penny farthing cycle. Penny farthing, large wheel at the front and small small wheel at the back. Well, in the UK years ago, pre-decimalisation, in fact, going back way before that, we had the old penny and we had a halfpenny, which is half a penny, halfpenny, but we also had a farthing, which was a quarter of a penny. Now, that was phased out, I think, in the early 1960s. I mean, I I can barely remember them. I've got some upstairs. But farthing was a tiny little coin. It was the smallest denomination coin. But there are people called, I think, 
are they called numismatists, people who collect coins? But there are people, so there are people who collect coins, but then there are people who specialise in certain types of coin. And this guy sounds really nerdy, but he used to collect farthings, which would, I suppose, doubly difficult because they went out of circulation so very long ago. Anyway, I thought I'd just uh, give you those notes. I would encourage you, seriously, go and listen to that podcast. I think I've said that enough now, don't you? But do go and listen to it and do bear in mind while you're listening to it. Please don't be offended by the language, by the way. But bear in mind while you're listening to it, how he comes across, how the determination, the steely determination shines through from this guy who was going through the mill, but would not accept that failing meant that he was a failure. Does that make sense? Hope this is helpful. As ever, don't forget, head over to iTunes, leave me that review, leave me a bunch of stars. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can do so, at Aussie Air, that's O-double-Z-Y, or O-double-Z-Y-E-Y-R-E. Or email me, if you don't want to put it in 140 characters or fewer, email me to, uh, you can do that, Aussie at whensmytime.com. Aussie at whensmytime.com. Tell me about your plans to become a comedian or tell me about your plans to do whatever it is you want to do. Tell me your story too. I'd love to feature your story here on a future podcast. And if you do leave me a review as well, I will read that out in the future. So whether it's good or bad, I promise I will read it out. Hope it's going to be good though. Thank you so much indeed for listening and staying with me. It's been quite longer than I expected today. And there I go, making it even longer by putting that aside and about it being longer than expected. But anyway, thank you so much indeed for listening and sticking with me to the end. I've been Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com. And I'm here to tell you, your time is now. <laughs>